Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here today to worship our God. We have a very important topic today, the invitation. We are dealing with some times in our society where people are having to deal with a lot of newness in their schedules, a lot of change in the world around them, and the decisions they make are very important. Well, if COVID has done one thing for our society, it has made people think about church and made people think about God on a regular basis. There are people searching for the truth today more than yesterday. People are looking for a place of rest. People are looking for a place to change the aspect of their life, to put God first, Because through all this, people have seen that the Lord their God is their maker. That leaves us with a very um, great opportunity. And that great opportunity is the invitation. Everybody is invited to church. God sent His Son to die for mankind while we were still sinners because He loves us so much. He intended that the church be for all people, that people could come from all walks of life, from every edge of the earth to obey the gospel of Christ and be Christians in his church. For that, we are thankful. But when we think about it, how do you find out about it? You see, there's not a lot of people who can read this book and think, I know exactly what it means. In fact, this is the most started book in the world and it's the book that has the record for not finished also it is the most sold book in the world yet it is the most incomplete in terms of people reading it genesis is the book that most people start in the world to read genesis is also the book that is quit the most in the world People get to the New Testament and they see things and they say, what does this mean? Not knowing the divisions and the breaks and the histories and the background and how it ties together seamlessly with the Old Testament. Well, why is that? Because they don't know. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. For all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call on the name of the Lord if they don't have a preacher? How beautiful are the feet of the preacher, for they bring the gospel to people. And what are they doing? Teaching and preaching the gospel. It's interesting that everyone here, I would, I would say almost everyone here that I'm seeing was invited to church. When you look back, some people in my own family became Christians because they were invited to a gospel meeting. People become strong members of the church because they were invited to come worship. Look at Jesus' divine invitation. Jesus invites the heavy laden. Matthew 11, verse 28 through to uh, 30. Jesus says, come to me. Now that's the invitation of Jesus Christ to come see what the church is about. All you who labor and are heavy laden. Listen, life's burdens are hard. Life throws you curveballs at every corner. When you think things are going right, all of a sudden, here comes something you didn't expect. It's not going right. You can't believe you're in this situation. And what do you do? 
Well, if you've ever been invited to see the Lord and you've obeyed the gospel, you know what to do. You pray and you're thankful that this too shall pass. He says, I will give rest. Look at what it says. I. So Jesus is saying, come to me. So he's saying, I want possession. I'm going to give you rest. And he says, I will. So it's possessive again. Look what he says. Take my. There. There it is. He says the invitation, come to me, I will. Now it's your job to take my yoke. I'm going to meet you halfway. Now it's your job to take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It's interesting in the Old Testament that the yoke was not what you think goes around a cow and plows the field and so forth. But the yoke was actually the teaching of the rabbis of that time. So Jesus is saying, look, I'm going to give you rest. I want you to take my teaching upon you, hence learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. I want to teach you everything I know. And look what he says. I'm going to come to you and I want you to come to me. Now it's your turn to take my yoke and learn from me because you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The reason his yoke is easy is because all of his lessons are found here. They're all ready and available for you to see. What about God's invitation? God invites everyone to, to see what he's about also. Look at uh, Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 3. He says, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come drink of me and you who have no money, come buy and eat. So God is there to offer and he says, yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? And so what God is saying is there's a lot of things in your life that money can't buy, that money won't satisfy, that your work won't fulfill. He said, listen carefully to me. Watch what he's saying. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. What is good? He's going to give you the waters of life. He's going to give you more than just bread to live on. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Now look what he's saying. Incline your ear and come to me. I'm inviting you to come listen, to learn how to drink from the waters, how to eat from the bread of life. I'm in Inclining your ear to come to me to hear and your soul shall live. Now, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. God himself through Isaiah is inviting all those to come and listen and hear what he can do for you. And he says, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. That's the mercies of Jesus Christ in the New Testament church. And God in the Old Testament is inviting through his prophet, come see, come here. Now, what happens if God doesn't invite? Who's listening? No one if they don't know they're invited. The same thing here. Who's going to come to Jesus if he didn't invite? You see, the Bible is very clear on the invitation. Jesus invites. God invites. But who does he invite? God invites the willing Isaiah 1, verses 18 through 19, look what he says. He says, come now and let us reason together. 
says the Lord. You see, God doesn't want you to jump out in what is called a blind faith. People always say Christians have a blind faith. They just jump out. I can't live on a faith like that. Look what he's saying. Come now and let us reason together. Let's talk about it. Let me show you what I'm trying to teach you, says the Lord. Look what he's trying to reason. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Look what he's doing. If, there's the conditional statement, you. You remember Jesus said, you know, come to me, here I am, now you have to do it. And he says, if you are willing and obedient. You see, the individual has to be willing to hear what God says. And he's got to be obedient to follow what God says. And then you shall eat the good of the land. Again, how will they know the good of the land if they have not been invited? The Spirit invites. Revelation 22 and verse 17. And the Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit and the Bride, and the Bride is the church, say. Now this is important to us. This is the Holy Spirit and the church say, come. Come where? To meet the Lord. Where? Where He's present. Where's that? In the body of Christ. Where does it say that? In Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 5. For the church gives glory to God through the Father and through Jesus Christ. So the church, he's saying, come and let him who hears say, come. Now, this is interesting because you have the Christians saying, come to the church and then let those who hear you when they're willing and obedient and they have reasoned and they say, thank you so much for bringing this into my life, for caring about me so much to invite me to meet the Lord Jesus. Then they're going to say, come. So it starts with your invitation and then it passes on with their invitation. This is what Timothy was talking about. Well, what Paul was talking about to Timothy when he says, teach men who will be able to teach also other men. And so it's, it's a passing on and he says, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, there's the willingness. Let him take the water of life freely. There's people out there, especially in the times we're living in now, that are desiring to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. They're desiring to connect with God the Father. All they need is for somebody to say, do you want to come to church on Sunday? Do you want to come? Would you come to church on Sunday? Do you go to church anywhere? How's your relationship with God? It's that easy. Well, how do we do it? Well, we deal with our family. Usually you deal with the people close to you first. And that's always not the easiest thing to do. Think about John chapter 1, verses 40 through 42 when we're thinking about invitations. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, look what he said, we have found the Messiah. This is what needs to happen in all of our families. You go to your family members and you say, I found Jesus. 
But you know, the world around you has made you feel so subconsciously, you know, afraid to tell your family, I found Jesus. Why? Because, oh, he's a, a Bible thumper. Oh, he's so righteous. Oh, he's holier than thou. And you have all these situations that are going on that would make the Christian afraid to go to his brother. But when they found the Messiah, they went to their family and said, we have found the Messiah. Here's the question today. Here's the question. How many of us have asked our members of our family or told them we found the Messiah? Now let me bring you to him. Do you see that? Look at verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus. It is very, very important that we continue through the ages to invite people to find what we found. And now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated, translated a stone. Now listen, God knows who you are. He's just waiting for you to come. And he'll put you to work. You know, things work today somewhat. You have flyers that you can send out. We're having a gospel meeting. You have invitation flyers. Oh, we're going to have a VBS. We have all kinds of things we can do. We have social media. We have a large reaching. We can reach like we did in our last um, uh, virtual gospel meeting. We reached over 70,000 people viewed our uh, messages about the topic that was at hand. You know what was missing? The invitation. The invitation. You see, people can see what we're doing a lot, thousands. But if they're not getting that personal invitation, they're not coming. Uh, and that's the reality of our Christianity. Look at the human invitation. John 1, 43 through 46. The following day, Jesus went uh, to go. He wanted to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. So there's the opportunity. Jesus gave the opportunity. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We found him. The one of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. You see, what we're missing, and I just don't mean this congregation, but what we're missing as a whole in the Lord's body is inviting people on days other than a VBS week. Inviting them on days other than a friends and family meal. Invite them on days like Sunday, every Sunday. Because they're important. But you know, doesn't it make it easier? It's hard to invite your friends. I'm speaking from a human point of view it's hard to invite your friends to church when you just say hey you want to come to church it's easier to invite them when you say hey listen i've been wanting to tell you we've got this vbs coming and it's going to be on july 20 why because it takes the focus off of that awkwardness and it takes that fear away because you're not offering them to be uncomfortable you're offering them for vbs and cookies and donuts you know we've got to find a way in our personal lives to go up to him and say, hey, listen, we got this great preacher. You can come. He's every Sunday. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding. We need to find something 
that we can do to tell them we found Jesus. And even though it's not VBS, it's better. It's better than a cookie. It's better than, you know, dressing up. It's better than the plays. It's better than all that because this Jesus of Nazareth is the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Do you see what the individual is doing? We found him. Come check it out. Well, who is this? Hey, come and see for yourself. That's how it works. Look at the grateful invitation. John chapter 4, verse 28 through 30. The woman then left her water pot, and this is the Sumerian woman, left her water pot, went her way into the city and said to the men, look what he said, look what she said. Come see a man who told me all things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Look what the men did. Did the men say, no, she's crazy? No, she... Then they went out of the city and came to him. You see, you never know who you're inviting. And you never know if they're going to come or not. But you will never, ever know if you don't ask. And God is waiting for us to ask people to come to church to worship. Because somewhere out there, someone's going to be invited to church and mark my words, not because they're mine, but because history will repeat itself out there in your vicinity is the next great preacher for the Lord's church is the next great family, an elder, their children are the next great leaders, deacons, elders, so forth. But we need to ask. That's how the church grows. And if you can look at it with that magnitude, my neighbor's child may be an elder. Instead of looking at it with, I think I'm going to get shot down and they're going to look at me weird because I tell them I go to the church of Christ. That's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. Look at the co-worker invitation. Luke 5, 27 through 29. After these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. There's the invitation. Come on, Levi. And so he left all, rose up and followed him. Listen, this is not impossible today. There are people that are following pastors Oh, I don't go nowhere without him. I'm going there because he's my pastor. Let me see what my pastor said. There are people that form alliances. To be... Imagine how hard it is for Joel Olstein to go eat dinner in Houston. Right? He goes out there and, and guaranteed he walks in. They're like, oh, look, it's Joel. It's Joel. And you know that if he went to somebody and said, I'm looking to see you on Sunday and I'll save a seat for you. They're going to be starstruck. And guess what they're going to say? Okay. And they're going to go. Why? Because they've made it a point to keep inviting people, inviting people, inviting people. Look here. He said, follow me. And so he left and he rose up and he followed him and Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with him. You know what happened? Levi didn't say, hey, listen, I got Jesus coming and nobody invited. Put a do not disturb. I don't want nobody to interrupt this. 
No, we found him. Come see. And the friends and family invitation. Look at this. We've got co-workers. We've got brothers. We've got people in vicinities. We've got anybody who we can see through the Sumerians. And now you have friends and family inviting friends and family. Acts chapter 10 and verse 24. And the following day they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them. And he called together his relatives and close friends. Cornelius was waiting for Peter to preach a sermon about the gospel of Jesus Christ and his church. And instead of waiting alone, he called together his relatives and close friends. Do you see how poorly we're doing? Right? And I don't mean that to stomp on your toes and and hurting you. I mean that to say we cannot lose this moment of time that we're in. This is one of those great moments in our nation where people are searching. They've been locked up for a year. They've had congregations shut down. People are displaced. They don't know what congregations they're going back to. This is the time of our lives. The harvest is white and ready. People have lost jobs. They need Jesus. They're losing homes. They need Jesus. They're losing more than we can imagine. Their life is in upheaval. They're in a whole different situation. Do you know what the church is supposed to be doing? Come to church. Let us rally around you as a family. Let us show you the love of Jesus and give you help and hope to make it through this life. This is a time like we've never seen before. And if we don't invite people to church and seize this opportunity, we have wasted one of God's true gifts to our lifetime. And I hope you all see it this way. But he's inviting their friends and their family. Look at Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Also in this context, the same thing's happening. So I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come. So they came. Now, therefore, we. You see, the message was for Cornelius. But look what he said. He invited other people. He said, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. The invitation is powerful. The invitation is one of the most powerful things a Christian has in their arsenal to be able to invite someone to church. If we invited one person to church, if all the people who are in high school invite one of their friends to church on Sunday, if all the people that are going to work invite one person, if everyone here invites one family member If I challenge every single person here to at least make the attempt to say, come to church at the Pearland Church of Christ on Sunday, it's going to be wonderful. You're going to see how it's filled with the the presence of Jesus and how how fellowship is there and how the singing is is so perfect and, and the worship is so reverent and biblical. If you do that, I guarantee you we will have at least 30 visitors next Sunday. From those 30, we will retain at least four. That's what the numbers say. 
That's what happens when we do things like that. Now, guess what happens if every month you invite one person, every single one of us, in a matter of a year, we would go from 150 that we are now to 200. And we would, more importantly, give people the opportunity to hear Jesus. But this is what's happening. Jeremiah 6 and verse 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. See, people don't know where they're going. But we need to show them the old paths. Why the old paths? Why the biblical way? That's the good way. And that's the way that we walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But we're so afraid of this as Christians today. But they said, we will not walk in it. You see, we're afraid of the rejection. But that's the norm. It's been the norm since the prophets. Look at 1 Kings 19 and verse 14. And he said, it's Elijah, and he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. I'm out there trying to teach and preach for you. but I'm very zealous for you, but they've forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars and they've killed your prophets with a sword. Look what he says. I alone am left. I feel all alone. And they seek to take my life. It's not going to fare well if I keep telling people about you. And I feel very isolated and alone. Look at the reply. Verse 18, chapter 19. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel. This is what God says. All whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. I bring this up to encourage us to tell us that the power is in the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the power of God. For it is the gospel that has the power to save. And it is our job to invite people to hear that great, powerful message. Look what God is saying. Oh, there's still 7,000 out there. There's still people out there. We need to invite. We need to do our due diligence and grow the Lord's church. As a group, we can do it. Biblically, we can see that the invitation of God, the Spirit, of Jesus, of friends, of family, of co-workers, of neighbors in the Sumerian's case, when invited, opportunity is given for obedience to reason and obey the gospel of Christ. The church grows and become stronger than ever. I'd like to implore you all today to put that in your life and try to invite somebody to church this month. And we'll see what the Lord will do. We'll see how they will reason. If anybody has any need of anything, come forward this morning as we stand and as we sing.